What up? It's Bobby. Uh, I recorded this episode Monday uh, after the Army 10 Miler, uh, where kind of the topic of this week's episode is going to be the Army 10 Miler. This week's episode is brought to you by Paragon Recovery. Use the code CRONUS for 15% off. And if you're military or first responder, uh, message them or contact them directly for an additional discount. Uh, I recently got re-upped by some more night gains, so uh, I've been taking that more regularly. And again, my sleep, great, great sleep. Uh, so use, uh, I highly recommend that product. I also highly recommend their night, uh, not the night gains, um, their flame off supplement, which is their anti-inflammatory supplement. I use that very regularly as well. Uh, helps me feel better when I'm doing my uh, two-a-days uh, between conditioning and training and lifting weights uh and another shout out for the open make sure you are using hashtag chronus fit in your athlete profile to get tracked on our leaderboard uh, we will periodically send out free swag throughout the week so uh let us know uh, so put that in your profile so that we can track you on the leaderboard and you could probably win some free swag throughout the open uh we have some more reviews, but I think I'm going to start. We're going to start doing them on the Chronos Cast with Sean and I, so we can read them both at the same time. So I'm not double tapping on news reviews on uh, the iTunes reviews. So I'm going to let that kind of lie uh, until next week's episode of the Chronos Cast, and we'll read out some uh, listener reviews. Um, I think that's it for all of the pitches I have. Um, so without further ado, let's get into this week's episode about the Army 10 Modeler. What up, guys and girls? It's Bobby coming at you guys recorded. It is Monday uh, evening. Uh, You know, usually I push out my podcast on Sundays, but uh, yesterday uh, I ran the Army 10 miler and was feeling pretty wrecked. So I didn't really uh, was not in the right mindset to record or podcast. Uh, So I'm going to instead uh, podcast today, Monday and talk about uh, my experience with the Army 10 miler this past weekend, kind of my train up, my performance, and then just some thoughts about uh, running and cardiovascular endurance in general. Uh, so for those that don't know, the Army 10 miler is obviously, well, 10 miles of running. Uh, it's every year in DC. Uh, it's a pretty good course. I actually kind of enjoy the course, but the sh- it's not, I honestly don't really think it's the best course uh there's a lot of turns in it um and you honestly don't see too much of the scenery around dc like uh, i think the, Mar- the marine corps marathon does a much better job of incorporating more historical sites uh like i would say at least half so like five miles of the route is on like highways and bridges so you're not really seeing uh the dc uh scenery uh or the building slash architecture or any of the sites uh you see the washington monument for a little bit see the potomac river because you run over it but that's about it as far as sites uh so it's not very um distracting uh while you're running unlike some of the other uh more pretty marathons that give you like good sky views and good sights to see you, you can kind of miss out with the army 10 miler but uh, i enjoy doing the time miller the army 10 miler because uh, I do it every year with my dad uh, ever since I moved back to the East Coast. 
Um, I started back in 16, uh, no, 17. So I ran 17. So 17, 18, 19 is the last three years, uh, the three years I ran it. Uh, so it's been good time. Uh, it's a good time to catch up with my dad, hang out with my dad and, uh, run 10 miles with my dad. Um, as far as training up, I have never trained for a 10 miler. Uh, just from uh, my experiences with fitness in general, I don't think you really need to train. You honestly, um, shouldn't really need to train for anything longer than, uh, like a half marathon. I think, uh, most guys and girls, uh, that listen to us and follow us, uh, as from Cronus, should be able to probably run 10 to 13 miles um, without training for it uh, to have the requisite cardiovascular endurance and kind of the uh, ability and muscular strength and endurance to be able to run uh, for 10 to 13 miles without really training for it. Uh, so I've never really trained for it. Uh, my time, uh, I actually finished, uh, let me pull up real fast. I finished this year's uh, 10 miler in... One hour, 19 minutes, and 51 seconds. So, um, 89 minutes and 51 seconds. So, just under eight, no, 79 minutes, 51 seconds. So, just under eight minutes a mile for the 10, mile, uh, 10 miles, which was a pretty big improvement from last year. Last year, I ran in 126, so 80, 86, 57, uh, so which was almost at a nine minute pace. So, I dropped my pace or dropped my, I improved the run. Um, by about seven min, uh, by about seven minutes, which is pretty significant. Um, I didn't really adjust any of my training. The only thing I did, I've done recently or differently this past year, is I bought that ski my a ski erg, and I have a ski erg in my living room, and I started incorporating a lot more cardiovascular workouts, like just pure monostructural work capacity. Uh, intervals on the ski erg. Uh, I try to hit uh, about three sessions a week of interval work, uh, usually in the 500 to 2k range uh, for about five to six k uh, per workout. So uh, that's about like 20 25 minutes worth of work uh, of working uh, three times a week uh, for cardiovascular intervals. And then recently, I actually just bought an assault, uh, not a assault bike, but a Rogue Echo bike where I have setting up my living room now. So I've got two pieces of cardiovascular equipment or like pure monostructural conditioning equipment in my living room that I use. And this has drastically improved my fitness. I'm in a much, like it's uh, hard, like looking back on it, I've been missing like a huge capacity of fitness uh, by, not have, by not putting in the extra sessions by doing the conditioning work uh, separate from my normal working out and training uh, training regimen. Uh, for example, I did a diagnostic APFD this past summer when I was up at Lewis. Uh, I don't know if I ever talked about it on this podcast, but I ran a two-mile in 12.30, which is the fastest that I've ever run a two-mile. And this was on a track, so you know it's a little skewed. I would say it's probably I probably run probably almost at – Probably like twelve fifteen, maybe, maybe below that. Uh, just goes on the track. I think I, I feel like you run a little bit slower on the track because it turns, and then uh, it's off. But that's the main reason because you turn and you're on a straightaway. If I'd run on like a two mile, like a one mile, like uh, track, like straightaway track, or a uh, straightaway route, I feel like I could be able. I wouldn't be able to run faster. Uh, but 
like I said, the only thing that I've done differently this past year is just I've incorporated more monostructural interval training uh, in the form of my ski erg in my living room. It's drastically improved my fitness and my cardiovascular endurance, uh, which I, without even running. So just another thing, I don't run. Like I run twice a year and that's usually the two 10 miles I run. This year's a little bit different because I ran, I had to run an APFD. So I took, uh, I ran two miles on top of that. And then I'm running a marathon next month, the Philadelphia marathon. So, well, I'm not going to train for that either. So that'll, that'll be a fun debrief after I run the marathon. Uh, you might debrief podcast after that. But uh, the point that I'm trying to make is you don't really need to run to be good at running. Uh, unless you're unless like that's your sport and you want to be a really good runner, you should run. But for like most, uh, actually, for pretty much all CrossFit athletes, I would say you don't necessarily need to run to be good at running. Um, as long as you're doing some kind of cardiovascular conditioning, um, you should be pretty decent for decent at running, assuming that you have good running form, good running technique, and are able to pace yourself uh, when running and have the requisite like leg endurance to be able to sustain running for long uh, to sustain running. So those are kind of the caveats. If you are in good cardiovascular shape, you shouldn't really need to run uh, to train to get better at running. So like I didn't run at all this year. I just started doing more ski erg intervals, and it's improved my running speed not only in the two mile time, the two mile uh, time demand. So like uh, I would say the two mile is a little more lactic uh, than aerobic. Uh, so I it was able to improve that time demand in the twelve minute, the thirteen minute time demand. And I also improved on the 10 mile run, which is, you know, in the 80 minute, the 90 minute uh, time domain, I was able to improve by a full seven minutes from last year, just by adding in some cardio, uh, just by adding in intervals on the ski erg. So that's my first point that I want to make to you guys is that if you follow our programming, you notice that we do um, a lot of intervals uh, in our programming, probably like four sessions a week are programmed in terms of intervals. And it's never, it's, it's very rarely running. Uh, we throw running in there just to have the um, ability for you guys to train running uh, because in the army, you know, or in the military, we're expected to be able to run well. So that's why we have more running in our intervals. Uh, but like me, uh, speaking from my perspective, I feel like I'm a pretty fundamentally sound runner and that I don't, my technique is fairly decent. Um, I, I think I have a fairly efficient technique. Uh, or form when I run, so I'm not wasting a ton of energy uh, when I'm running. That means I keep like my hips, knees, and and feet in like a relatively straight line, parallel. Um, I'm moving forward. I'm not wasting movements in terms of like kicking my heels out or like doing some weird shit with my hands. Like you see some people like running and like weird things with their hands. Uh, I keep my arms pretty much tucked tucked in pretty well, uh, and they kind of float. And then I land with a mid to four foot uh, strike, uh, so I'm not trying to, so I don't waste a lot of energy by heel striking and then losing some of that um, elastic energy from there. Uh, that's probably different. I don't want to get too much in the running form and technique, but that's uh, I'd probably say that for a different podcast or talk about with Sean because Sean's definitely a more experienced runner. Uh, Sean is definitely faster than I am, so I kind of defer to him for a lot of running and endurance stuff, but. Uh, the point that I'm trying to make is that if you are in good cardiovascular shape, so if you are, you know, doing CrossFit, like doing Metcons, like we program, and then doing some interval work, some monostructural 
cardiovascular intervals on top of the Metcon work, we're probably going to be in pretty good shape from a cardiovascular standpoint. Like, I don't, I honestly don't think that you need to run to be a decent runner. You do need to run if you want to be a really good runner to get to like that sub 12 minute miles uh, on a two mile or that sub, um, like a sub six minute miles on a two mile or like sub seven minutes on a five mile. You probably need to run or be to do that on a regular basis to be good at running. Uh, but that's the first point that I want to make to you guys that you don't need to run to be a good runner. So the run itself, so that's kind of the preparation for my run. Uh, the fact that I didn't do any formal run training and that I just did some interval work on the ski erg. Uh, so that's the first point that I wanted to make uh, is that you can get good at running or get decent at running without running and just doing, you know, some cardiovascular uh, intervals, whether that's skiing, rowing, biking, any monostructural exercise that you can do for extended periods of time uh, it's going to increase your cardiovascular ability or your ability for your heart to really pump uh, blood oxygenated blood throughout your body uh, my race experience uh it's, it's a pretty solid experience i oh i'm always in one of the the leading coral corrals just because i have a decent i'm a decent runner uh so i usually estimate um an eight minute pace for 10 miles i can i know i can sustain that i hold pretty close to that for uh through the run so i usually put that as my um time when i sign up for the run so i get grouped in the faster coral or corral before the run uh the run itself um i thought it was, actually it was super nice the weather was great uh it was like high 50s low 60s like kind of overcast so the sun wasn't beating on us uh and and for those of you that know uh, northern virginia area pretty well it was not humid at all the last couple of years like last year was miserably humid and i was like dying on the run so that's probably why i was able to improve my run time so fast was because uh the weather was so much better and it was nice and cool it wasn't humid so that definitely has a huge impact on your performance and your running uh, running capacity and your ability to sustain effort over long uh, over long periods. So the weather was a lot was really good. Um, I actually didn't uh, I fasted uh, so the night before. I had like normal dinner, went and got some ice cream, and then I didn't eat anything beforehand and I actually fasted the entire day. I wanted to use that uh, ten mile to really uh, deplete my glycogen and kind of deplete my body. I did not eat for a while, let my body kind of figure itself out, and then I broke my fast last night um, around uh, 5 or 6 p.m., so I fasted almost for 24 hours on top of running 10 miles. Um, something that I've, I've been working more into my um, weekly routine is trying to incorporate more long-term fasting. Uh, I do, I'm kind of intermittently, intermittently fast, so I do a couple of days of intermittent fasting uh, throughout the week, and then every now and then like once a month or so i try to do like a 24-hour fast um but during the race uh i only drank water i only stopped to drink water twice or i didn't stop i grabbed water twice on two of the water stations and i was actually able to maintain my pace throughout like i probably started at like an 8 20 pace and then slowly dropped that over the the last you know back half and then on the last mile i think i uh ran like a 720 or something just to get below that eight minute mark uh for overall uh enjoyable race saw some uh people that i haven't seen in a while um but it was a good experience and then you know i ran with my dad and i think this is probably the most uh 
interesting story to tell from my experience with the Army 10-miler. So my dad is 61 years old. He ran, let me pull up his exact time. He ran the Army 10-miler in one hour and 32 minutes and 25 seconds. So 92 minutes and 25 seconds. That is essentially a uh, 9.15. Yeah, that's like a 9.15 pace uh, for 10 miles. And this dude, my dad's 61. Like he is old. Uh, not to like, you know, disrespect my dad or anything, but he's an old man, but he still runs a nine to 15 minute pace for 10 miles. Uh, so it's kind of cool to think about that. Maybe I do have some good genetics going on for me. <laughs> uh, that my dad at age of 61 still runs, uh, can still run nine fifteen miles for 10 miles. A little more history of my dad. My dad is also kind of interesting guy. He plays soccer pretty religiously. He plays soccer with a lot of like other Chinese um, guys at uh, the University of Delaware. He's a teacher. He teaches math. He's a math professor at the University of Delaware. So he has like a, a crew of guys that he plays soccer with. Um, that or he's, there's a crew of guys that play soccer almost every night. Um, so he plays soccer probably like three or four times a week for hours on end. And then he also runs marathons for fun. He's run, I think, four marathon, four or five marathons now. Most of them in China. I don't think he's running any in America. Uh, but he spends uh, some time in China every year, and he run. He's run multiple marathons in China now. So, my dad's pretty atypical in that you know at sixty one he is uh, still running pretty extensively. Uh, so it was a great kind of uh, uh, example for me great role model for me to look up to uh and kind of is great uh, it's just a good reason for me to keep pushing myself to keep pushing the physical fitness uh just knowing that um i have that to look forward to in the future and it's kind of funny because my dad growing up would always tell me that uh he used to be real big into working out and lifting weights when he was my age back in china uh before like you know there were even like gyms in china so it was just funny just for me to kind of compare how him and I are pretty similar when it comes to physical fitness. Um, that's kind of what made me kind of reflect a little bit about, you know, where I get my drive for physical fitness, where my drive comes from. And I think it probably comes from my dad. Uh, my mom, on the other hand, isn't very physically active. Um, she is, just isn't as physically active as my dad is. My dad has always been that guy that uh, always played soccer growing up, he would go to soccer tournaments, I guess in adult leagues. They had soccer tournaments for like 40-year-olds or something. So he did that a lot growing up. So I think being around that environment with my dad always doing physically fit, was always physically fit, uh, really kind of drilled into me my uh, physical fitness, my desire to be fit, and my overall you know, motivation to be physically fit. Uh, so if there's any advice I can draw from this is to be, you know, for all the dads out there, or dads and moms out there, is to really, if you want your, if you think fitness is an important part of who you are and you think it's an important to, uh, characteristic to have, uh, I would highly recommend maintaining that fitness and showing your children, uh, like what right looks like. Like I, my, my dad showed me what right looked like growing up. And I think that really, um, gave me like a lot of inspiration and a good role model to look up to on how uh i should approach fitness 
Um, but that's the second thing I kind of want to talk about is talk about uh, the importance of role models and father figures uh, in your life, especially as a child and how you probably don't really realize uh, the impact that people have on you until, you know, you're an adult and kind of reflect back on, you know, what made you who you are and why you're the way you are. And I think a lot of it comes from our parents without us even really recognizing or understanding that or really at the time understanding that. So the third thing that I want to talk about is, uh, I guess, one of my my running plans. So like I mentioned earlier, I'm running the Philadelphia Marathon uh, this year, uh, which is, I think, November. It is November 20-something, November 23rd, I want to say. So it is, yeah, November 24th is the day that I run the Philadelphia Marathon. And I am not going to train for it. Uh, Because one, it's probably a little too late for me to train for a marathon. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, five weeks out from the marathon. It's probably a little too late for me to train for a marathon. But I actually, this is actually my second time running the Philadelphia Marathon. I ran it back in 2006 when I started med school and I first moved to Philly. I tried training for the Philadelphia Marathon, but I kind of trained like an asshole for it. Uh, I did like a ten, like a eight miles one weekend. I didn't run during the week. I only ran on like Saturdays on weekends. I did like eight miles, 10 miles, 13 miles, 15 miles, and 18 miles. So like, I mean, it's like the rough progression that you typically run to run to train for a marathon but uh i just trained like an asshole and didn't really actually train for it i just went on like these long runs just to see what it felt like and i actually ended up giving myself really bad it band syndrome uh on the 18 mile run that i did the last training run i did before the marathon and i just i could barely walk uh it was such bad it band syndrome um and then uh i didn't i like rested for two weeks before the marathon and then I just, you know, was like, fuck it. Let's see what happens. And ran the marathon uh, despite having pretty bad IT band syndrome. I actually ran to about, got to about mile 14 uh, before I had to stop because I, uh, the IT band started flaring up. And I just couldn't run. I could I could barely walk. Uh, it was killing me so bad. My knee uh, was on the, la- the outside, the lateral aspect of my knee from where the IT band attaches was just so inflamed and... Uh, was so painful I could barely walk so I only could do 14 miles so that kind of uh definitely um I would say scarred me uh but definitely left a lasting impression on uh on failure and not being able to finish one of my goals so uh this is that's my big motivation for this year for running the Philadelphia Marathon it's my last year to be able to run uh the Philly Marathon so I'm gonna uh kind of nut up and do it uh so to speak um not going to train for it because I don't want to repeat because I know, I know her, I know like myself and I know that I'm, I wasn't going to train for a marathon legitimately. Cause I mean, I have no like zero desire to run any more than like four miles in the session training session, because, uh, one, uh, there's not really a lot of places in Jersey to run with like decent running trails or different or good roads to run on. It's like all suburban. There's like intermittent sidewalks. There's no like bike lanes. So it's not like I'm gonna run on the road. There's no sidewalk to run on. 
So it's just really, it's kind of hard to train for a marathon where I live just because it's not easy to get on long stretches of road or on pavement to kind of train those long distances. Uh, but I use kind of, that's kind of my excuse. And I also know that just mentally that I'm not going to train for a marathon just because I'm just not going to. I don't think it's important. So this would be a good uh, kind of experience for me to really uh, test my mental fortitude, uh, and really see how well I can push my body, uh, and how, how strong I am mentally to be able to finish this marathon, uh, without training for it. So, like I said, it's November 23rd, uh, expect to hear a podcast after that, talking about my marathon experience and some of my, uh, some of my thoughts, uh, and reflections from running the Philly marathon without training for it. So it should be a pretty good time, but based on today's or based on yesterday's uh, experience with the Army 10 miler, I know I can hold eight minutes a mile for 10 miles. So I'm probably gonna shoot for about 10 minute pace, 10 to 11 minute pacing for the marathon. Uh, I'm not trying to win any medals or qualify for anything. I'm literally just trying to finish it. So um, the goal for that is I'm gonna keep my heart rate very low, probably like the 140s, 150 range. Uh, maybe even lower than that if I can uh, if I can get a if I can actually get a heart rate monitor to to run with that's another thing I don't have a heart rate monitor <laughs> to run with uh, so hopefully I can figure out a way that I can check my heart while I'm running so I can maintain a low heart rate to keep myself in that aerobic window and then that uh, glycolytic window so I can uh, kind of save my muscles and just use that fat and burn those all the fat in my body um so that's my kind of plan for the philly marathon gonna do it live and see what happens uh but i have pretty good uh confidence in my own ability to kind of push through the pain um i think that's gonna be it uh sean and i just close out real fast sean and i talked uh yesterday on our podcast and we uh talked about uh 20.1 uh my thoughts 20.1 and then uh, to sign up for the open and use the hashtag, hashtag CronusFit to be uh, tracked on a CronusFit leaderboard. Uh, like we talked about before, uh, top five on the scoreboard are going to get some free swag. I, th- I think we're sending out stickers. Uh, if you beat me on the open, you're going to get a t-shirt. Uh, so, you know, get on the, uh, use hashtag CronusFit on your uh games uh athlete profile to get tracked on our leaderboard and then stay tuned for weekly uh drawings and other swag getting sent out uh something that we we are trying to trying to uh inculcate or try to encourage this uh open participation just so that we can see compare our you know our community to other communities doing the open out there um what else is there? Oh, and that's the other hashtag you uh, on your post. Use hashtag beat Cronus Bobby uh, for if you're trying to you know win some free swag too. Just see if you beat me in the open. Um, I think that's all the stuff that I had to talk about today. Uh, we have some more swag on the store. We've got beanies. We've got women's t-shirts. Um. And we've got the new Cronus socks. They're running out fast. And we've got some of the, the new metal stickers as well. Uh, hop on the store to see all the swag that we have. Uh, we've got, uh, we're working on some hoodies, uh, fanny packs. I actually running through some prototypes to get some, uh, to see how they look. 
Uh, so we're doing, we got some hoodies and funny packs in the works as well uh, as a spoiler alert for those that are still listening. So stay tuned and check out the store for updates. Uh, we'll keep you guys updated uh, on what stuff we have coming out. Uh, and as you guys should know by now, uh, all the sales, all the profits from our sales, from our merchandise and from our apparel or from our programs, all that stuff, all that money goes into uh, into you guys and to helping to improve uh, our experience and our ability to, to help you guys out. So uh, we afforded this. We sent out the scholarship money to those uh, to the three guys that we mentioned before. And then we're working on some other stuff to do uh, some other initiatives to work with the money. Um, so just stay tuned for some further stuff we have coming out. Uh, we're looking to get some other uh, stuff out there. Maybe go to Best Ranger next year. So we might be looking at saving, uh, putting some money into that, into Best Ranger, getting out the Best Ranger. Uh, that's going to finish it out for me for this week, guys. Again, sorry for the late release on Monday versus Sunday. Uh, but hopefully you guys learned a little bit about uh, my perspective on cardiovascular endurance and running. And that one, you don't need to be a good runner or you don't need to run to be a decent runner. Uh, and two, uh, the importance of uh, the importance of role models as when you're growing up, specifically your parents uh, being and then for the parents out there being good role models for your kids and showing them what right looks like. Uh, and then the third takeaway is that I'm running the Philly marathon without training for it. So this would be a fun experience, not only for me, but I'm sure it'd be fun for you guys listening to my, uh, reflections and thoughts and how, uh, how sore I'm going to be after running the Philadelphia marathon. Um, as always guys, you can find us online, www.cronusfit.org. Email us HQ at Cronusfit or on Instagram at Cronus Fit. Uh, keep doing the open, keep doing the open workouts, get on the leaderboard, and I will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.